couple of announcements this morning. Um, really just one big announcement uh, as we are canceling for the week all campus uh, church activities, uh, be it the Joy Brunch today that was originally scheduled after church, Friendly Faith Sharing that was originally scheduled after church, those are both canceled. Impact groups uh, are going to be canceled for the week. So if you're an impact group leader, especially if you could get with your uh, group and just let them know of that. Um, so anything that's happening this week, I'd love to sit here and say that we're absolutely having church next Sunday, but this is a very fluid situation. Um, and we will let you know what we're going to do as the week progresses Check your emails, check uh, social media, uh, check your texts. If you get anything through the prayer text, uh, we'll be communicating that way as well. But, you know, we're, we're keeping abreast of everything that's going on. We want to, listen, there's a big difference between being fearful and being cautious. And, and we're being cautious right now uh, with the understanding that we walk uh, under the protection of our Lord. And so just be, be with us in that. And let me also just say, before we even get started with what we're going to share about this morning, um, understand that your position on this might be different than the person next to you. Uh, and I don't mean in here this morning, I mean throughout, you know, wherever you go. And this is a really good opportunity for us as those that know Jesus to really share our faith. And the way we do that is, is not to force anything on people and what we're thinking in this time, but to understand their perspective. Take a moment and, and put yourself in their shoes and what they might be thinking about, what they might be considering. And just be understanding. And in those moments is when we will then be able to share Jesus. I promise you. So as, as, we, as we, you know, continue in all this, however long it's going to last with uh, the virus and everything, I would just suggest to all of us that we be a people that are very understanding in this time. And, uh, and, and again, don't confuse caution with fear. Uh, we're certainly not doing that, but we are going to be cautious. Amen. Okay, and that's really what we're going to be talking about this morning is understanding. That word understanding, it's a, it's a big word and it's, it's a tough one. Understanding is a battle that we face every single day. Dealing with our, our understanding or really dealing with our lack of understanding is something that we are at war with in our, in our minds and in our spirits all the time all the time, every day throughout the day, is that battle with our own understanding of things and what's going on and this and that. And, and I'll give you a quick example. My daughter is, uh, she's at the age now, she's about seven and a half years old, and I love her. We have a very special connection. Um, it, it, she's just awesome in every way. But she is in this time of her life right now that she's entered in the last couple months, maybe, maybe longer, it seems like it's been a couple months, where she just has to know everything, right? I mean, she can be upstairs playing, doing her own thing, and if she hears Jesse and I talking downstairs, and it could be about nothing. We could be talking about the weather or a squirrel that we just saw running in the backyard. Like, it's nothing of significance. We'll hear, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> what? What are you saying? You know, all the way from upstairs or wh whatever's going on, she just has to know what is being talked about. And, you know, the first couple of times it happened, it was kind of like whatever. But when, when it's constantly, you know, uh, being, being in, your conversations are being interrupted by this little person asking what you're talking about, it can get a little old after a while, to be honest with you. And most of the times my response is, it doesn't concern you. Like whatever, it, it, this is none of your business. You know, just go back to, just go play. Just go play. Just go back to whatever you were doing because this doesn't, this doesn't matter to you at all. And, and really, 
we are a lot of times that seven-year-old with God in our relationship with him as our heavenly father. We are that little child who's constantly going to God saying, hey, what are you talking about? What's going on? I want to know. I want to know. And you know what he's saying? This doesn't concern you. This doesn't concern you. It, when, when I say that to my daughter, it does not in any way mean that I don't love her with all of my heart and would do anything for her. But it doesn't concern her. So I'm not going to bother her with it and spend the next five or 10 minutes trying to explain whatever we're talking about to this child who's really never going to understand it. Not in that moment. So instead, I say, just go play. Just go live. Just go do what you do. Right? And when we knock on the door and say, God, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand. What are you talking about? What's going on? I don't get it. You know what he's going to say to us? It doesn't concern you. Go back and do what you were doing. Because as our heavenly father, think about this, our heavenly father, he deals with heavenly things. Right? He deals with issues that concern far more than what we understand. All right, so when we try and go to him and say, and we say, God, I don't get it. He say, yeah, you're, you're right. You don't get it. And you know what? You never will because I'm operating on a plane that you just can't fathom. So just go back and do your thing. But we wage this war in our hearts and in our minds about understanding and that, that, that thing that creeps in that I don't get it. I want to know what's going on. It can cause a lot of trouble. And when we operate and when we, look, on paper, it makes no sense. Because what we're doing is we're, we're waging this battle between my understanding, which is insanely finite, insanely limited. Some might even say stupid, all right? I'm just talking about me. And then on the other side of the paper is God and his infinite wisdom, all right? All-knowing. And so these are the two things that are pitted against each other. And on paper, it makes absolutely no sense, right? Any, in, in, anyone that's looking at that matchup saying, I'm putting my money on God, right? I'm looking at, at my own wisdom and on paper, I'm saying I'm putting my money on God. But when push comes to shove, when the rubber meets the road, I actually choose my own. And I'm, I'm, I'm choosing the grain of sand of understanding versus the entire coastline of understanding. That's what we're doing when we're operating in our own understanding. And when we do that, it always, um, I would say always, I'm, I'm going to speak in absolutes here. It always leads to fear because we don't get it. And the Bible specifically, specifically tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, right? That's what the Bible tells us. Don't do it. Don't do it. He's, he, the, God is giving us this warning. Don't lean on your own understanding, this is, you know, this is one of those verses back, I don't know, back in the day, this might be a little old school, but you'd go in people's houses and you see it framed in the bathroom or something, you know, lean on on your understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths, right? Oh, that's, that looks great, you know, written in cursive, framed on the door. But this is really a warning that God is telling us. Do not, do not lean on your own understanding. It's gonna mess you up. It's going to mess you up. Instead, trust in the Lord. Trust in me. And it says, in all your ways, submit to him. Submit to him, and he will make your path straight. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, for anyone wondering. This has been a crazy week. It's been weird. 
there's all sorts of the who, what, when, why, and how going on, and there's really no answers to any of it. The biggest being when. When is this going to end? How long is this going to last? What's going to happen? And we've seen the fruit of everyone leaning on their own understanding. I think we're really, we're, we're in a battle more with panic and fear than we are anything else. And it's because there's no one giving any answers. And no one can understand what's going on. And it's leading to fear. And again, I want to repeat what I said earlier. Not being cautious, but real fear. I mean, real fear. I think internally there's, there's a lot of real fear going on in people's lives. And I want to read a story that I think illustrates a little bit of what we're going through. And it's a familiar story, but I want to, I want to share it in context first. And this is out of Matthew chapter 8, all right? And this is the story. We're going to get to it eventually, the story of Jesus and the disciples in a boat when a storm happens, right? Okay, but I want to talk a little bit about first what happens before that, what Jesus is saying before they get in this boat. And we're going to pick it up in Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 18. And it says, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. So what Jesus is doing here, what he, he's really, he's drawing a line in the sand, right? Because all these people are coming up and saying, hey, Jesus, I want to follow you. I'm going to do this. He's like, okay, this is what it's going to take. And it's not going to be easy. You picture these, these guys coming up to Jesus and they're all full of excitement, right? And they're ready and there's people watching. They say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do it. He goes, all right, but just so you know, I'm homeless. Are you willing to follow me? Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. I'm excited to follow you. But just can I make sure my family's okay first? Can I make sure everything's good? No, they'll take care of themselves. Follow me. Okay, so this is, this is the line that has been drawn in the sand. Jesus is, is, is making no bones about it. Following him is no joke. Okay, and so listen to how it goes on, because I want to I take that, what he's saying there, and then what happens right after that in verse 23, because then it says, then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Think about if you're a disciple in this moment. These guys have come up to you, up to Jesus, and they said, I want to follow you. He says, all right, this is what it's going to take. And they don't follow him. Meanwhile, you're a disciple. Jesus starts getting in a boat and you're looking at the crowd. Like, I'm getting in this boat with him. I'm going to do what he says. I'm going to do what it takes. Because I'm a disciple. Right? I'm going to follow after him. And I, I, I got a feeling, if it was, again, if that was me, I'm thinking, I'm the man. All right? I'm getting in this boat with Jesus. Homeless, I don't care. My family, they'll be all right. I'm trusting in him. They get in the boat. Uh-oh. And then what happens? This big word comes next after they get in the boat. It says in verse 24, suddenly. Everyone say suddenly. Suddenly. A furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. Another translation says this. Suddenly. Suddenly. A coronavirus appeared and everyone started buying toilet paper. <laughs> suddenly. Right? Suddenly, we have suddenlies all the time. It doesn't have to be something that's global. 
Our suddenly can be suddenly I lost my job. Suddenly my spouse left me. Suddenly my kids didn't turn out the way that I thought. But Jesus, I said I was going to follow you. I did all those things that you said. Why, why is this suddenly happening? I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't care that you said that you're homeless. I did all those things. Uh, you, let, you drew the line in the sand and I walked across it. I'm here with you. Why the suddenly? Why? I don't, what? Understand. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. Their lack of understanding led to fear. When we pit our own understanding versus God's, we're making a choice between fear and faith. And these last few days have been, I think, a really good barometer of those two things in our lives. Fear or faith. And what we can do a lot of times is we can confuse Jesus being asleep in the boat with us versus not being in the boat at all. Okay? Jesus was in the boat with the disciples. And Jesus is in the boat with you. No matter what suddenly is happening, don't confuse him being quiet in the moment with him not being there at all. Okay? Because he is there. He is in the boat. And this is where our understanding fails us. Because our understanding says, what are you doing? And Jesus is saying, I'm doing more than you could ever imagine. So don't lean on your own understanding. Because it's a pathway to fear. And we see that with the disciples. How quickly it turned for them. These guys get turned away from Jesus because they can't hang. The disciples say, I'm going to hang with Jesus. I'm going to get in the boat. Suddenly, Jesus, what are you doing? Just like that. Because just like that, they turn to their own understanding. We, uh, we were in the hospital this week when on Thursday night and Friday when all of this broke, uh, when the news really started pouring in about things being canceled and, and it just kind of went from zero to 60 really quick, you know. Being in a hospital is a weird place to be during all this. You kind of feel like you're in your own quarantine. You know, it's like, well, there's doctors around, but there's also sick people around. I'm not sure how I feel about this. You know, plus I'm exhausted and, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of weird. And, you know, in the, in the, just to tell you all a quick story, uh, we, Jesse went in, uh, we went and got to the hospital. She went into labor, well, Thursday night, got to the hospital around nine o'clock at night. And immediately I'm like, all right, Ellie's our new daughter's name. Like, Ellie, you, you got to know something about the McDonald clan. And we go to bed at nine o'clock. All right. We don't start waking up at nine o'clock. So we're going to have to get with you on that. But, um, yeah, you're grounded right off the bat. But the delivery room where you're actually having, you know, the baby is this real big room. You could put on roller skates and have like a little time in there, you know, because it's huge, it's massive. They have all these machines they got to wheel in and out of there and all that stuff. 
And, you know, so we're there. And then the next day, she has uh, Ellie in the middle of the night. The next day, the nurse comes in and she's checking on her. She's, by the way, um, just so you know, we're going to have to move you to another room later today. It's about a third the size of this one. We're going, okay, all right, no problem, big deal. And so we move and we're in this, we're in this much smaller room later that day. And at first we're like, that's okay, no big deal. But as the world is continuing to spin outside the hospital, uh, walls and it's really kind of a it just crazy stuff going on. The room began to like shrink a little bit, you know, and it just got kind of claustrophobic and and weird. I, I, I wish I could explain it better than that, but that's just kind of how it was. And and um, you know, the nurse had to take Ellie at two o'clock in the morning uh, to go get her vitals checked because that had been about the twenty-four hour mark of her being born. And so I went with her. I was in another room. Jesse's like, "You're going." I was like, yes, I'll do whatever you say. Uh, and so I'm in there and we're, she's, the lady's doing the test. It's very basic stuff. And they do a code red drill during that time. I'm like, well, this is comforting. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Just what, you know, and I'm looking at my newborn daughter, a day old. And like, as her father, as there's this crazy virus and that's all the news can talk about. We're not even watching it. We're, we're really not. We're trying our best not to, not to worry about it. There's a code red uh, drill going on and I'm sitting here looking at her. And I mean, in that moment, it like I had this fear come over me. Like we just had a baby right in the middle of this. And the, the first verse, the immediate verse that came to my mind that I want to share with you all this morning that I had to say over and over again, Throughout our time there, until we got home the next day, was, excuse me, was Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, say that again, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Hear that word? Understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I'm looking at our little girl, and God says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious. I said, thank you, Jesus. And then later that day, I had to say it again, and again, and again. I'd love to say that it was one time, God, I got it, thank you, I'm never gonna be anxious again about any of this. No, it's something I would just say over and over and over again, but the peace of God will come, and it transcends our understanding. Because our understanding always falls short. And so I want to break this verse down really quick. I want to, because there's a couple of things in here that we need to understand. Every situation, or every, some might say circumstance, whatever your version says, that is, I'm going to read this because I want to get it right, is the proper subject of the verb pray. Okay, what that means is when, when it says to pray, the, the, the subject for the verb is everything. Pray about everything. Pray about every situation. Do it all. And it says by prayer and supplication or prayer and petition. And those are two kind of more specific things of one overall thing. Prayer is how we talk to God. It's, it's telling God we love him. It's telling him that we love the sunrise and that we live at the beach and saying we're thankful for our family and this and that and all the other and just speaking to God. But our supplication, our petition is, is asking God to do something. And so in every situation, by prayer and petition, we are to make our requests known to God. And that is what we are going to do this morning.
And one thing, you know, we, we can pick on the disciples in that story of them being on the boat, but what, something that they did in that moment is they did run to Jesus. And they said, help us. Help us. In this moment, help us. I don't get it. I don't understand what's going on. So help me, Jesus. And I want that to be the testimony of the church going forward in this time, that we're not going to be anxious. We're going to have a peace about us that transcends our understanding, and we're going to pray like crazy. And as we do that, as we are not walking around anxious, people are going to see, and they say, what, you know, what do you have? Well, let me tell you, I have Jesus. Don't fool yourself. This is an amazing time to share the gospel. People are going to be right, but it's not going to be us, us mocking all right? And not understanding people. It's going to be trusting in the Lord, leaning not on our own understanding, and letting the peace of God transcend our understanding because we're not anxious about anything because we're praying all the time to God. President Trump made today a, a national day of prayer, and so we're going to um, heed that, and we're going to pray together to end our service. We're going to end in prayer and worship. And uh, so let's stand up right now. And let's let our testimony this morning be that we are not going to be anxious about any of this. In our, in our lack of understanding of what's going on, we are going to trust in the Lord. Because we see what happens when we trust in our own understanding. It leads to fear. But let's be a people of faith this morning. Let's have the band actually come on up. And I want to make this note right before we pray. Um, we didn't take up a tithe this morning. That was on purpose. We, as, as we dismiss this morning, I'm going to pray over our tithes and the boxes in the back. You can drop it off there, but we didn't want to hand baskets out around this morning as well. So don't think that we've forgotten about that. Uh, that's going to be happening at the end of the service. But let's, let's just close right now in prayer and in worship and just declaring that, that God is faithful. Amen? Father, we love you, Lord. God, we love you. Before anything, Jesus, we just say that you are God. You are awesome. You are powerful. You are all-knowing, Father. You know the beginning from the end. And God, we just, we just right now just, just look to the cross as a reminder for your love for us, that you did send Jesus to save us. You didn't bring us this far to leave us, Father. So God, right now, Lord, we speak to this virus in Jesus' name. God, we say, let there be a cure, Father. Stop the spreading of it, Lord, in Jesus' name. God, give the doctors, give the scientists, give the politicians, God, wisdom, Father, supernatural wisdom, Father, to operate in a way that needs to be operated in. God, open their eyes, Father. Open their ears to wise counsel. Let them turn to you, Father. Let them turn to you, Father. Let the testimony of every doctor and every scientist, Jesus, and every lab around the world be, God spoke this. Lord, you are our healer. Nothing is over your authority. No sickness, no disease. And so, God, we speak right now to it and say, halt in Jesus' name. Stop in Jesus' name. God, for those that are already infected, Lord, we speak healing over them, Jesus. For their families, God, we speak your peace over them, those that are walking in fear. God, bring healing right now, Lord. And Jesus, we pray that the wake of this craziness is going to be people running to you. That they're going to see 
Father, that they need more than what they can offer. They're going to run to you, Jesus. And I pray that every church on every block of every town and every city and every state in this country and around the world is going to be ready to receive those and tell them about you in Jesus' name. But Father, as we, as we leave this place, God, for those that are watching at home, as we end today, help us to not lean on our own understanding, but to trust in you, Father, to turn to faith in you, not fear of our, own, of our lack of understanding, God. Help us, Jesus. God, that when we don't see it, when we don't feel it, we can still say, my God is working. My God is working. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's worship this morning.